Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The Destruction Factor by James Follett with T.P. McKenna, Paul Copley, and Rosalind Adams. Episode 6, World Without Fire. They can't be ordinary Exxon strain. They're well over six feet high. They're just like the ones I found in the clearing. Tell him, Alfred. They've been grown from ordinary Exxon seeds. The difference is that they're growing in soil that was taken from the clearing in Wales, where you found the giants. So the, uh, the soil's unique? Different. For one thing, it's very acid, with a pH level of four. That's why rhododendrons were flourishing. They like acid soils. The other thing is that the soil is extremely rich in one particular trace element, copper. And that's the one trace element that the Exxon strain likes. Acid soils make more copper available to plants than they would be able to get with the neutral soil that all farmers aim for. You see, we've been looking at the problem the wrong way round. These giants are normal Exxon strain plants, and the two-foot-high average height plants that grow throughout the country are poor, stunted things. Normal? These? Take a look at these Exxons over here. Oh, they're dying, aren't they? Better than that, they're dead. We made up an ordinary soil for them, but we left out copper. We've done what I said we would do. We found the Exxon strain's Achilles heel. All we need now is Paris's arrow. I'm sorry, Prime Minister. I'm not being rude to Miss Anderson, but I'm astounded that the UN should even consider such a barbaric plan. I agree, Flinders. Please, gentlemen, we agree it's barbaric, but what alternative is there? None. Defoliation of this country is the only guaranteed method of being absolutely certain of destroying the Exxon strain. It's a terrible thing to have to do, but there's no choice. The operation starts on the 1st of September and will be followed by massive food aid. Already ships are being prepared... But we have informed the Secretary-General that Mr. Henders and his team have discovered a way in which the plant can be destroyed. Uh, yes, this herbicide you sent us samples of. You say it was developed last year by Earl Cohen is still experimental, yes? It's not a herbicide in the strict sense of the word. Oh. It's a sequestering agent. That is, it... Well, it isolates excessive trace elements in the soil. It was originally developed by Erko for use in those parts of the world which have excessive uh, trace elements in their soil. Yes, yes, I understand, Mr. Flinders. And excessive trace elements can lead to poor crop yields just as a deficiency can. The point is that we can treat the entire country with sequestron and so eliminate the Exxon strain completely. The winter will finish off the odd Exxon that is missed, and the only crops we lose are those that depend on copper. Nothing compared with the appalling ecological damage that defoliation will do to the country, Miss Anderson. Now, we're about to switch every chemical plant in the country over to sequestron production. It can't be done, Mr. Prime Minister. <laughs> we have reports from every major chemical concern in Europe and the USA. They all say it'll take at least two weeks to build the necessary processing plant. We have gone into the figures most carefully, I promise you. Also... MIT do not think that winter will destroy the Exxon strain. Well, of course it will. Good Lord, woman. The Exxon strain is a leguminous vegetable. Have you tried growing them under icy conditions? But... 
No, no, we haven't. It, it, it's, it's not necessary. Perhaps it would be a good idea. I will see that the MIT report is sent to you immediately, but uh, now I have a plane to catch. You do understand, of course, that everything will be done to give your country unstinting assistance during the coming winter. <coughs> Atkin, Miss Anderson is leaving now. See that she has a car to take her to the airport. Thank you, Mr. Craig. I would like to wish you good luck. Uh, this way, please, Miss Anderson. Yeah. Wasn't defoliation tried by the Americans in Vietnam? <laughs> A lunatic exercise that failed miserably. Destroying the top growth of the jungle to do away with cover for the Viet Cong merely allowed sunlight to reach the jungle floor, where it stimulated lush undergrowth that gave the Viet Cong more cover than they had before. Now there's so much ground cover that the trees can't re-establish themselves. The birds and wildlife that depended on the trees have been driven away. And the parasites the birds fed on have multiplied. The ecological balance of vast tracts of Vietnam has been destroyed for good. And it will destroy this country for good just as effectively as if we'd been plastered with thermonuclear weapons. Can you even begin to imagine what the countryside will look like with nothing green growing? Absolutely nothing. I've tried. And consider the after-effects. If we have a wet autumn and winter, our topsoil, which has taken God another many million years to form, will be washed away. If we have a dry autumn and winter, the country will be turned into a giant dust bowl. Either way, we lose. How much sequestrum have we got? <laughs> Just about enough to deal with the damn things if we knew exactly where they were. But nothing, nothing like enough to spray the entire country in 28 days. Now, if we could come up with a positive method of locating the plants, we might have a chance. But now, there's another problem on the way. What's that? MIT. Saying that the Exxon strain will survive the winter. Yes, I'd forgotten that. Odd, isn't it? Frost in midsummer. Hey, I think you're right, Max. These Exxon strain look okay. Yes, I wouldn't have believed it possible. What, what? Do you know why frost kills tender plants? As the water in them freezes, it expands and ruptures the plant's cell structure. Maybe they are dead, Max. It hasn't been below freezing in here for long. I know when these things are dead. Is there any difference between them and those weeds? Uh, well, only that the weeds have frost on them and the Exxon strain haven't. Exactly. MIT were right. About what? Something that we should have discovered but didn't because, like the idiots we are, we weren't looking for it. We didn't even bother to carry out a simple experiment by exposing the plants to low temperatures. But, Max, they must die. The entire destruction factor has been based on the assumption that they wouldn't survive the winter. That's right, an assumption. But no amount of frost can harm the Exxon strain. Did my father know that? I don't think so. Whatever the reasons were for Elko stopping his research, I doubt if it had anything to do with those amazing plants possessing futile cycling. Possessing what? what? All for years, biologists were baffled by the activity of the bumblebee in cold weather, would you believe it? Unlike other insects, you see, the cold didn't make them lethargic. They flew about happily in winter, ignoring all the rules. Oh, yes, there's a lot of truth in the old saying about busy bees. Well, 
What's this got to do with these plants being able to withstand frost? It was discovered that bees had the curious ability to convert glucose into another chemical, and then back to glucose. It was called a futile cycle, but nothing in nature is ever futile. There was a product of futile cycling, energy in the form of heat. The bumblebee is busy all year simply because it is warm all year. And the axon strain has this futile cycling? Yes. It will survive the winter. Yes, except it won't get the chance. Hmm? Look, what I have to say to you cannot be divulged to anyone. In 20 days, a United Nations task force will mount a massive aerial assault on this country. They'll spray every square inch with a particularly vicious butyric acid herbicide, the object being the total annihilation of all plant life, the length and breadth of the country. You'll find the entire operation profile in this manual, Prime Minister. And this envelope contains the map appendices. The first wave, that's the first UN airborne group, will consist of 200 B-52 strategic bombers. The good old B-52. Which will cover western England and Wales on a north heading sweep, commencing at 0600 hours on the 1st of September. There will be an interval of two hours, and then the second airborne group, a wave of 200 Antonov 22s, will sweep southwards. But as you can see, there's a slight overlap of the area covered by the previous group. To make sure that nothing is missed, Miss Anderson. Yes. And how long will this go on for? Six days. The zones have been carefully worked out so that the evacuation program can be carried out with the minimum inconvenience. Who has the authority to call the whole thing off? The Secretary-General? Yes. Then we should arrange a hotline between his office and this. Agreed. Uh, but I must warn you, Prime Minister, that he can only call off the operation if you can come up with an alternative method of dealing with the exon strain by the 1st of September. We're terribly sorry that this should have to happen. I suppose we can't blame the United Nations. What's one country when the entire planet is threatened? When will you make the announcements? I'm having a meeting with my colleagues in half an hour. Don't you even have a vague plan for destroying this plant? Miss Anderson... The only scheme that exists is yours. We have nothing. Max can swim well. I wish you wouldn't trickle hot sand on my tummy, <laughs> Howard. <laughs> oh, I feel guilty. About what? Lying in the sun doing nothing. What is there to do? Denise, I ought to go and see my father. Well, at least before Wednesday, when the announcements are made. All right, we'll drive up on Tuesday. You don't understand. I ought to go up and stay with him, permanently. He's always wanted me to do. Well, what would be the point? You know next to nothing about market gardening. And there won't be a market it, garden to he's run He's got after. six large glass houses that he's given up running. Now I could help him repair them, get the boilers working so that he'll still be able to earn a living. It'll kill him if he loses everything. I see. I can't leave him alone. The market garden's been his whole life. Fifty years he's worked that ten acres. If he's destroyed, he'll do something stupid. It will be on my conscience for the rest of my life. And you can't ask me to share a Swede bashing life in the wilds. <laughs> well, of course not. Why not? 
I'm sorry? Why can't you ask me? Well, because... You mean... You mean you'd come with me? You'd be an absolute menace trying to repair greenhouses on your Todd. <laughs> you'd come? Yes. <laughs> oh. Hey, a market garden's all wellies and water butts. So? Mm -hmm. Would you uh, also consider going the whole hog, Missy? Is that a proposal? Yes. What a delightful way of putting it. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's hard being romantic to a girl who's got a dead crab on her stomach. I haven't. You have now. Howard, <laughs> you swine! A lover's tiff! Well, I, I go back and see if you like. <laughs> it's all right, thanks. <laughs> it's not all right. I proposed to her, and, and that's the thanks I get. Oh, oh. <laughs> After a thump like that, I wouldn't have thought there was much point in getting married. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations. Any sandwiches, anybody? Oh, how lovely. Oh, Thank you. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> well, I don't mean to sound sentimental, but I suppose it gives me confidence. You two planning for the future? <laughs> All I'm planning is revenge. <laughs> Fifteen days to go. All over the world. Aircraft are being made ready. Mm. How many? About 5,000. Most of them being massed in the Soviet Union, I expect. Don't we know? Mm. The UN are keeping it a secret. I thought we'd know from surveillance, satellites. Isn't it possible to learn everything from satellites these days? Well, just about. Yes, especially during these exceptionally clear weather conditions... Oh, what's the matter? Yeah, get packed up. We've got to get back to London. What do you think, Blowers? It's a crazy notion. Will it work? I honestly don't know, Prime Minister. Yeah. Well, it's a straw. A miserably frail straw, but it's the only one we've got. What is this EROS-10, exactly? EROS stands for European Resources Observation Satellite. It was launched from Kenya last year. But we have control of it. The tracking centre is at Slough. It's under the direction of Sir Sinclair Scott. Excellent. I shall draft an order to Scott telling him he's now working for Flinders. Uh, with respect, Prime Minister, all scientists hate all other scientists, and Flinders and Scott are particularly prickly characters. Uh, do you not think it better if I were in charge in case they fight? Two responsible men aware of the crisis? Nonsense. I never heard such a stupid idea. Why? Because it won't work. It can't work. That's why. Using a satellite to locate individual plants. But you're using Eros on behalf of Brussels to locate illegal crops being grown within the EEC. Not yet. The politicians are confining us to providing an early warning system on crop discoloration that indicates the onset of disease. Now look, Scott. Eros is nothing more than a highly sophisticated orbital multispectral scanner, right? Yes, but it can't be... And it be can your... identify, even at its present height, crops in fields no bigger than quarter of a hectare. Precisely, but it is its height which makes it useless for what you want. It's in a near-circular polar orbit with a 20,000-mile perigee. Oh, hell, that I didn't know. And it has an orbital period of 20 hours, which means that during the next 14 days, we will only get two sweeps over this country. But Eros has a set of uh, Dernier rockets. Yes, they are for performing fine manoeuvres. Why? How much fuel have they? Well, I don't have that sort of information at my fingertips. You have the command keyboard at your fingertips, Scott. What's the code for a fuel situation interrogation? Oh, all right, all right. Uh, ten litres. 
Enough to maintain Eorus's parking orbit for 200 years. And enough to bring it down to a new parking orbit? Yes, but any such major manoeuvre is completely out of the question because there won't be enough fuel left to return it to its correct orbit. I'm sorry. Well, Bloors has been doing some investigating for me, Scott. Now, he (sighs) believes, he believes, that at a height of only 400 miles, the multispectral scanner on Eros is capable of detecting and accurately... Locating individual exon strains. You've been talking to my staff behind my back. Blower's methods are his affair, but it's true, isn't it? Possibly, but bringing Eros down to 400 miles is something that we cannot possibly do in any circumstances. Why not? I'm not prepared to discuss it with you. You've seen this letter from the Prime Minister. It makes no difference. Okay, let's discuss it with him. Spare me the technical details. Is it or is it not possible to bring Eros down to 400 miles? Yes, indeed, sir. Very well, then. Do it. But we can't, sir. I don't care if it does mean that the satellite's useless for future work. If we can show the UN's observer that we have a viable alternative scheme to locate and destroy every Exxon strain in the country within 10 days, then they will cancel the defoliation operation. Bringing Eros down to 400 miles will mean that it will be so low it will be orbiting the Earth once every 88 minutes. That's what Flinders told me. Fine. That's the height that will give the computers the resolution they need, and it means a dozen passes over the country instead of two, correct? We don't know for sure that the scheme will work, sir. And besides, an 88-minute orbit is at the critical height whereby drag from the Earth's atmosphere will cause rapid orbital decay. The satellite will re-enter the atmosphere... And burn up. So what? It will have served its purpose. Satellites are expendable. Prime Minister, Eros 10 is four tons of extremely compact hardware. It's unlikely that such a large satellite would burn up completely. Okay, so there's a one in ten million chance of a lump of debris causing damage. I'm ordering you to go ahead. Then you don't know what Eros 10 uses for its power supply. No, and I don't care. It's a miniature Snap-8 nuclear reactor that was purchased from the United States on the understanding that it would be used only in a satellite that was positioned in a safe parking orbit above 10,000 miles. If Eros 10 is brought down to 400 miles, it will break up on re-entry and release 110 kilos of enriched, highly radioactive uranium into the environment. Eros should be rising above the horizon in 30 seconds on her new orbit. The controllers have to concentrate. Can we have absolute quiet, please? Naturally, there'll be an unholy row when it comes down. And we'll probably have to fork out a fortune in compensation on the cost of finding all the bits. Yes, rather that than defoliation. Exactly. The delay was getting our attractive UN observer over there to agree. Miss Anderson is the most powerful person in the country at the moment. She'll be the one who'll advise the Secretary-General to call off the defoliation operation. Or tell him to go ahead. Yes. Uh, The manoeuvre to bring Eros down to 400 miles has been successfully completed. We'll start the scanners in three minutes. Congratulations, gentlemen. The first hurdle is over. So it seems. Uh, How many orbits will you need to scan the entire country? Seven. And how does the system work, please? Well, basically, the pictures are fed in digital form into the computer, which Mm -hmm. has been programmed to respond only to the spectrum. The light pattern, that is, of the Exxon strain, the computer will then oblige us by providing a neat printout that lists the exact position of every individual Exxon strain in the country. Even those growing under trees? Mr. Anderson, you see, when that 
line printer starts churning out its lists, you can be the first to tell a helicopter crew exactly where they'll find the first plant. Oh, dear, oh, dear. You look finished. Yeah. Oh, how is it going, Scott? Um, quiet word with you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We've completed six scans, but Eros's orbit is decaying fast. As you can hear, we're having trouble keeping her scanners correctly orientated. But she will last the final orbit. I don't think so. It's got to, damn it. We've got to get a 100% scan of the entire country. Otherwise, the UN go ahead with the defoliation operation. We're doing our best, sir. What is the Uh, matter with the satellites? The first results... It's working. It's actually working. Look at them. Thousands of entries, Miss... Miss, Oh, there you are, Miss Anderson. Now, sit yourself down at the console. That's it. Now, then... That's the map. This number? That's the one. Hold on. Uh, Section 55. That's Sen Cove near Land's End. The nearest unit is helicopter Charlie 8. Now, here we are, Miss Anderson. Punch out Charlie 8's channel. Eros, control to Charlie 8. Do you read? Over. Control. This is Charlie 8 reading you loud and clear. Over. Stand by for the grid reference, Charlie 8. It's so close to you, there's no need for you to take off. You can walk to it. Over. Roger, Eros Control. Standing by. Over. Ah, that's the man. She's just in her voice. Hello, Charlie 8. Grid reference reads as follows. 27073940. Over. Roger, Eros Control. Grid reference reads 27073940. Stand by. It's only 50 yards from where they are. What will have to be proven from all these map references is that Eros has the ability to detect single plants, not merely colonies of the plants. It's 100% certain that all the colonies have been located and destroyed, Miss Anderson. It sounds as if your satellite is in trouble. Hmm? Well, we've just received a signal from NORAD. The Canadians don't think Eros will survive another orbit. They've timed the last orbit at 87 minutes 30 seconds. Is that bad? It's slowed down significantly. 86 minutes is the point when orbital decay is immediate. You must have achieved a complete scan of the entire country if I'm to recommend calling off the defoliation to the Secretary General. He's made it absolutely clear that I must have no doubts whatsoever that you can locate every plant. Charlie 8 to Eros Control. How do you read? Over. Loud and clear, Charlie 8. Did you find anything? I had some trouble. Oh, dear God, no. Because uh, it was under some bracken. But it was right where you said it would be, within a yard of the grid reference position. Uh, now listen carefully, Charlie 8. How many plants were there? How many? Yes. Well, that's why we had trouble. There's only the one, and it's no more than three inches high. <laughs> Yes, 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 that's correct. Yes, we lost all telemetry a few seconds ago. Yes, thank you. Please keep me informed. Uh, that was NORAD. Eros is now burning up in the upper atmosphere. NORAD are tracking the debris and are predicting that they'll impact in polar regions which means we've lost our final scan.
I'm extremely sorry, gentlemen. Believe me, I'm very sorry indeed. If this could have ended any other way. If I could use the phone, please. Operator, I wish to put a call through to New York. I have a special number for you. Now, let's just wait a minute. Uh, I'm sorry, Prime Minister, but I have to make that call. Uh, Flinders, what area of the country have we lost by not having that last scan? East Anglia. One of your most fertile regions, yes. And one of the flattest. We now know where every Exxon strain in the country is except East Anglia. So we concentrate all our audio-detector-equipped helicopters in that region to hunt for the Exxon strain and deploy all our other conventional forces throughout the rest of the country to destroy individual plants in their known locations. Is that feasible, Mr Flinders? Yes, we'll fly you over East Anglia today, Miss Anderson. And you'll be able to see for yourself just how easy it will be to eliminate the Exxon strain. Well, I... The telephone's there, Miss Anderson, if you want to use it. Uh, what's the flame gun for? My last task is to ensure that every Exxon strain in this climatorium is destroyed. They're the only ones left, aren't they? The only ones left in the world, Denise. It doesn't seem possible. It's like a bad dream. Do we have to burn them all? Couldn't we just save a few to continue Daddy's work? Do you think he would want us to take that risk, Denise? No. Do you know why Urkel stopped his research? Because beans and peas fertilize the soil they're growing in by fixing nitrogen in that soil. And the Exxon strain fixed huge quantities of nitrogen. You see, the Elko board thought it would ruin their entire fertilizer industry. The final irony about the whole business is that we'll have bumper crops next year. <laughs> well, that's it. No more Exxon strain. Oh, uh, there's one there you missed. Here. The last one. No. Let me do it. Give me the flame gun. Thank you. There. It's done. Now, take me home, please, Howard. Come on. Now, by the way, Bloors, mm -hmm. you knew I deliberately avoided answering Miss Anderson about our ability to detect Exxon strains growing under trees. I guessed. We need time desperately. I ought to thank you for keeping quiet, but I'll save it for next year, when we'll know for certain if we really have beaten them. In The Destruction Factor by James Follett. The part of Max Flinders was played by T.P. McKenna. Howard Rogers, Paul Copley, Denise Exxon, Rosalind Adams, Craig, Noel Johnson, Blowers, Michael Shannon, Miss Anderson, Diana Olson, Scott, Gerald Cross, helicopter pilot, Peter Wickham. The production was by David Spencer. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.